Welcome to Body Matters Podcast, where we bring to you raw and inspiring content on all things to do with body positivity and eating disorder recovery. Welcome back to the Understanding Body Matters Podcast. On today's episode, we have a guest called Maddie Tyres. Now, Maddie is a whole range of things. She's an author, she's a comedian, she's a presenter. But most importantly, she has just come out with a children's book that demonstrates and tries to start conversations about eating disorders and how they are prevalent amongst children. And I absolutely think it's amazing. The whole concept behind the book is really, really special and it's hopefully going to start conversations that are needing to be made. But we hope that you enjoy this episode. Maddie talks on her personal eating disorder journey and her recovery and the inspiration behind her book as well. So if you'd like to listen, please stay tuned. So hi, Maddie, welcome to the Understanding Body Matters podcast. We are very excited to have you on our episode today. For those who may not know you, I thought it'd be good to start off with if you could introduce yourself, what it is that you do and yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Madison. I'm um, I'm stoked to be here. Um, and yeah, my name's Maddie Tyers. I am based in Melbourne. I am an actor, a writer, a children's entertainer, presenter, a bit of everything really. And uh, yeah, I'm really, really stoked to uh, be able to come in and share my story with you guys. Um, not only about my journey um, and road to recovery with an eating disorder, but also um, I suppose the debut of my first children's picture storybook when Anna came to stay. So yeah, very happy to be here. Perfect. So to start off with, we do ask our guests a challenge that they might have faced recently and how they have overcame that. So are you happy to share your recent challenge? Absolutely. Yeah, Madison, I think uh, everyone can quite easily say last year proved to be quite a big challenge. The entire 2020 was a big challenge um, and a lot of hurdles we all had to overcome. So I think for me personally, um, you know, I'm a real social person. I'm a real, um, you know, social butterfly, I suppose. And I get my energy and, and my kind of excitement from life from my friends and family. So I suppose the first big challenge I had to overcome last year was just learning to sort of sit and be content in myself and 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 have that alone time and kind of really relish in it and it was something it took me quite a quite a while during lockdown to kind of really adjust to because I do um busy myself a lot with social things and catching up with friends and and whatnot so sort of really sort of stripping back all of the fluff and really kind of kind of reminding myself what it is that brings me kind of peace and joy in life and you know the little things like walking my dog or reading books listening to music all of that kind of stuff so that was a big hurdle for me um at the start of lockdown. Another thing that recently we've, um, myself and my husband have had to kind of overcome hurdle wise. And again, due to COVID and uh, restrictions of not being able to put on live performances, we're both, uh, we're both actors and comedians. And, and obviously last year with, with lockdown, um, a kid's show we put on for the comedy festival was cancelled last minute. So we had to kind of readjust and sort of shift our thinking as to how we wanted to uh, connect and engage with our audience that wasn't going to be face to face because we are people that like to perform on stage to live audiences. So we had to kind of readjust and we ended up 
kind of slightly changing and um, tweaking our content and we did a live stream show instead for 10 weeks over the school holidays last uh, last sort of June, July. And it was so great. Like it was so much fun. It's it's really interesting. It's something we probably never would have done had lockdown not happened. Um, so it's interesting that sometimes hurdles or challenges that get thrown your way can actually prove to be really positive things as well. So yeah, they're two of the big ones, I think, for me. Definitely. No, that is quite exciting. It is. I think most people now, especially now that we're doing most of our podcast recordings over Zoom, we are getting Mm. very familiar and comfortable with doing everything online. But it is good that you were able to eventually, I mean, still complete the live show as well, which I think is great. Yeah, totally. And then, you know, this year we got to do the live version anyway. It was great. We kind of oh, really? we, we put it all on hold. And, you know, Melbourne, luckily, we've been able to sort of put um, put live shows on again. And so during yeah. the the March kind of, uh, yeah, comedy festival period, we got to redo it. So we just oh, had a fun. very long rehearsal period. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a good outcome, though. A very good outcome. Exactly. Really good results. <laughs> Perfect. Now, I thought we'd jump in and... If you are happy to provide and just dive into, I guess, what your eating disorder journey looked like and give us some insight on um, what was most challenging during your recovery and what you found the most helpful, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So my journey, a little bit like I suppose everyone that's affected by um an eating disorder, uh, Madison. You know, it's it's each 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 individual story is very different. Um, there's no kind of linear way that these things kind of um, roll out. Um, my my sort of journey with it all started as an eight year old, so it was you know very young. Um, I'm 31 now, so it's um, quite a while ago. Um, and my kind of behaviours and and sort of habits around food, uh, yeah, just sort of started to sort of um, become quite rigid around that age. So I was a really sensitive kid, quite perfectionistic, really um, tried hard at school, but also very sensitive and em- empathetic sort of sort of kid as well. So I did put a lot of pressure on myself when it came to things like schooling and 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 friendship groups and and um, just really sensitive towards you know things that were being said and you know being kids and being in the schoolyard, you know, occasionally some things with you know words were thrown around that can really kind of sit with you very you know um you know very strongly at that age so yeah I was really um those kind of behaviors and, and and sort of thoughts around food were just a sort of a coping mechanism for me and um but surely enough you know being the mid-90s it's one of those this was uh when I was kind of you know starting those sort of thoughts not much was known about eating disorders not much was really spoken about so when it came to friends and family around me um a lot of the time it was kind of people just sort of brushed it off as like oh she's you know Maddie's just eating healthily or exercising nothing really to be concerned about but um, uh, as you would know, medicine, you know, eating disorders are a very insidious, manipulative disease that kind of can sneak up on you. And, and um, sure, you know, slowly but surely over the years, um, they just, the, the restrictions and, and the good and bad lists of foods grew. And I, um, yeah, wasn't hospitalised till I was 15. So that was sort of seven years later. But that's obviously when uh, things got really quite, quite dangerous and scary, particularly for my family. Um so yeah, then um, and then obviously from hospitalisation to now, it's it's quite a few years as well. So I've been in recovery for over over ten years, but it has been a really sort of slow um, slow process, and and um, you know just being sort of really patient with myself and my family and. And, uh, you know, getting as much support as I can around me from, you know, my, my, my loved ones. So, um, you know, I'm now 
31, as I mentioned, and um, at a really healthy and happy place in my life and, and feeling really sort of at a point where I can actually talk about all this stuff as well, which is which is really good. Um, and hence sort of why I thought I should should share my story, not just in, you know, in verbatim, in, in like sort of oral form, but also written. So I have written a kid's book that's, that's my experience told from my point of view as a kid um, and hopefully shed some light on those sort of thought processes for for young children who scarily statistics are showing and becoming younger and younger who are being diagnosed with these Mm -hmm. really terrible uh, delibitating illnesses um so yeah definitely what if you are comfortable and you do remember I know that um obviously recovery is something that continues even during remission anyway um Mm. are there anything that anything that comes up now that you are recovered that might be might be triggering or challenging to you now that you are recovered and that any ways that you find that work with you best of it is obviously it is different um to most people anyway everyone's eating disorder is a bit different but um of course for those who may be struggling what were um some of those challenges that you did face mm. and how you did overcome them I guess Mm, it's really interesting. I think even going back to your first question before, Madison, about like, you know, challenges you've had to overcome in, you know, recently, like I definitely think last year and COVID and lockdown mm. and and the stresses of a global pandemic have been a real trigger point for a lot of people suffering mm. from an eating disorder. So I can definitely sympathise with people around that, you know, that would have been a really tough time for, you know, like access to what we usually uh, would have been, um, you know, have access to wasn't wasn't readily available when it comes to sort of, you know, day-to-day life and activities and and, and the, the supermarket and stuff like that. So um, there are certainly in the last 12 months, I, um, for me personally, I found last year really stressful and I, I do know what my triggers and warning signs are now. So I'm lucky I can kind of sort of draw on help from friends and family and, and my psychologist as well at, um, during lockdown to kind of talk those sort of feelings through. Um, and also obviously spending a lot of time by yourself when you're sort of stuck with your own thoughts as well is quite challenging um but yeah look definitely I think for me just you know again I think my my eating disorder was was a because a control mechanism it was a way to kind of control when I was sort of feeling like my life was out of control so when I'm feeling stressed or anxious or you know worried but be it about school you know so work or study or whatever it might be I know that when things start to get a little bit tough or challenging that I need to kind of um talk to people I think for me, that's my number one thing, communication and kind of letting people know that I'm struggling and that I need help. Um, going to my psychologist, my mum, my, my husband, um, and really kind of, um, yeah, just letting people know that I need uh, I need that support. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably my main key for anyone that might be struggling. Just speak up. It's actually, it's okay to not be okay. And I think, um, you know, hoping we are getting to a point, you know, it's 2021 now, but where we are sort of becoming a little bit more comfortable talking about our feelings and yeah. that, you know, struggling is is not an abnormal thing. We all go through it mm-hmm. and there's going to be someone out there that completely understands. So, yeah, I think that's my kind of top tip. <laughs> no, definitely. I think it's very important to have a good support system around you. So it is good to hear that you have those you know you are comfortable talking to about because I know there are a number mm. of people, I guess this is pretty relevant anyway because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So mm. I guess reaching out and opening up, it isn't, I think some people might think it is weak, they're not worthy of it or they're not sick enough to have an eating disorder. So I guess there are a number of factors that might factor into it, but 
I guess hearing your story would definitely inspire many others anyway, because there is, you've already gone to the other end of recovery. You've made it through. And I guess it is important for others to hear that too. Oh, thank you, Madison. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think that's it too. You know, going back to the whole the whole concept of eating disorders and how they affect each and every one completely differently. What might work for one person might not work for another. But I think that kind of, I suppose, through line or thing that I think will always sort of be there is is just speaking up. And there are some amazing support services out there. Like you guys would know at Body Matters, you know, there's some some fantastic resources you can use to sort of grab that help as well when you need it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we did touch on this before, but I thought it would be a good point to discuss more about the inspiration behind your book and a bit more detail about the children's book that you have come out with. Of course. Yeah, I'd love to. So, yeah. So going back about probably five or six years ago um, now, Madison, part of my, I suppose, recovery kind of journey was um, I attended a, a fantastic workshop run by the Butterfly Foundation, um, an eating disorders charity here in, in Australia. And they um, they had a session in Melbourne where they got a bunch of um, people with a lived experience together. And we spent the weekend just sort of, um, I, I suppose it was a, a, a therapeutic thing for us, but also a way in which we could attend tool perhaps that we could um, develop being sort of sharing our story that we could then obviously take and, and sort of share with sort of family therapy groups going into schools and whatnot. So I've actually been an ambassador with Butterfly for a number of years now and I go into schools and do workshops with with uh, all ages from sort of prep to year 12. Um, so this sort of process um, took two days and it was a really, really engaging, fun experience where, you know, we all got to kind of share our story. And at the end of the workshop, we, we um, sort of got up and presented what we'd sort of put together. And um, the way I'd sort of sort of I suppose handled my story was telling it from a kid's perspective from from a little little kid's perspective and um yeah that the, the facilitators of the workshop were like oh we've never sort of seen anything like this you know you should look up you know look into potentially publishing this it's a really kind of interesting um outlook and um you know something that's obviously affecting really young kids uh a lot more uh these days and so yeah it's been a journey for about five years now but I've um I've got a fantastic publisher in uh, in Brisbane and a, a fabulous um, illustrator Siobhan Skipworth who's done all the beautiful watercolor images um and it is it's a story of May or it's my story, but May's the character and it's um, her uh, basically meeting, um, coming across a an imaginary friend called Anna who um, who's anorexia, but uh, it's, it's her journey coming to terms with um, having her around a lot and not wanting her around and mm. the damages and um, negative kind of uh, affiliations that come with, with that. And then also her kind of journey to find strength and tell her to go. So it's a really gentle, um, I suppose, um, look at what an eating disorder is like for someone suffering, um, which I'm hoping can be a really great tool to sort of start that discussion with a with a child and a family member or a sibling um, as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a fantastic experience so far and the feedback's been wonderful. So I'm, you know, really hoping it gets into the right hands and helps helps the right people, basically. Oh, definitely. I think it's amazing, especially um, the point and touch you've put on it with the imaginary friend anyway. So I think yeah. I don't know, I've never I haven't read or come across anything that has been the same as what you have created. So I think it is amazing that you have used your um, recovery journey to support others 
There was a statistic the other day. I can't remember. It was maybe it was from the Butterfly Foundation where it started to come out with eating disorders are starting to develop from the age of 10, even lower now, which is the most common Mm -hmm. age to start, which I don't think many people are aware that eating disorders can start at such a young age. Uh, We have many young clients, but I think, guess it is starting that conversation, making parents aware that it can be affected in children as young as eight, like you were, but I think this is definitely going to help a number of individuals and start a conversation, a very important conversation. Um, but it is amazing what you've done, especially with your recovery journey. Oh, thank you, Madison. Thank you so much. And yeah, that's that's the hope, I think, is if, you know, it can help one kid get yeah. on the right track to getting the support they need, then I feel like my job's done. So definitely. thank you so much. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> to finish off, I thought it would be a good opportunity if you had any advice for anyone who might be struggling at the moment or might not have the courage, I guess, to speak out about their eating disorder at the moment. Sure, absolutely. And I can totally sympathize and understand those feelings because I I certainly went through them myself. But I think if anyone is struggling out there and unsure whether they should speak up or or speak out, I think um, bringing it back to just the fundamental thought of you are worthy, you are absolutely worthy. Everyone was put on this planet for, you know, the sole purpose of being you, for, you know, for being you and you are amazing, no matter, regardless of, you know, or any other factor. So I think if you can just kind of remind yourself that you are worthy and that even just having a chat with your best friend or your mom or your dad or your nana or pop or whatever it may be, um, can just relieve a little bit of that pressure, well, then that's, that's, that's a great start. So you don't need to kind of, you know, be researching and, and trying to get all the sort of answers straight away. I think just just speaking up and, and having that initial chat and knowing that you are worthy of of the help and the love and the support is um is is definitely the first step. So yeah, hopefully that helps someone. No, definitely, definitely. Well that's all the questions I had today. So I want to thank you so much for coming and speaking with us today. I know I'm definitely inspired by your recovery journey and a number of our clients would be too. So I hope that a number of people are able to get their hands on your book as well. We'll definitely leave it in the description box for them to purchase. But I just wanted to say a massive thank you for coming on this evening to speak with us. That's so lovely, Madison. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. (laughs) We hope that you enjoyed listening to Maddie's story and her inspiration behind her children's book. I have no doubt that this children's book will speak measures and volumes to so many individuals who might not be aware that eating disorders can be prevalent amongst children as young as eight. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this podcast. Uh, If you did, we'd love it if you could leave us a review, subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode, and we will be back in two weeks' time.